0: Welcome back to The Basement, everyone. You are now tuned in the Junkie Lessons Podcast. I am your host, Kevin, as usual. Uh, thank you, returning listeners. Hopefully this is your second time joining us this week. Oh, you new listeners, uh, welcome. Grab a seat, get comfortable, get a beverage if you like. Uh, hopefully you've done your research so you know what you're into. I'm not going to get into that right now. Uh, I'm going to tell you, though, what you're in store for this sp- specific podcast. Uh, first up, Marcus Dowling and I uh, have been friends for quite a while now. You've heard him on this podcast. Um, and... I don't think, though, at least on Mike, we've ever sat down and like, just one-on-one talked about music uh, like we did on this. So, so he's, he's, he's your panel this time, just me and Marcus. Uh, and the first thing we're going to be talking about is the, uh, the Kesha lawsuit, uh, Kesha versus Dr. Luke, uh, short version. She wants to get out of a contract with Sony, and in her suit, uh, she is making allegations of sexual assault. Uh, Dr. Luke Camp denies it. Uh, obviously you can tell just from that setup that this is an extremely messy situation. Uh, there is overreaction, uh, to put it mildly, given the the fact that no facts are actually in the public domain yet. And I say yet, that's very important. Uh, so we're going to be uh, talking about that and the recent ruling that denied Kesha uh, an injunction, which meant she could operate outside of the label. Uh, and then we're going to be talking about a new album from Animal Collective. Now, I have historically, if you listen to this podcast, never been the biggest fan of Animal Collective. Uh, they sort of confound me when they hit. They, they hit hit it hard. Uh, and it's a nice, weird, like, pop goodness uh, but a lot of times they just sort of confound me. Uh, that's on me. That's not on them. Uh, so Marcus is a little bigger fan, and he's going to sort of walk me through the Animal Collective uh, wormhole and see and see where we come out with that. And then uh, we're going to be playing a song by one Bill Frizzell Now. This is one we were going to do a podcast on and just didn't get around to it His new album out is uh, When You Wish Upon a Star uh, It's great, I'll tell you more about it at the back end of this But i uh, got a little tune off that for you So uh, maybe you're familiar with Frizzell, uh, didn't know this album as out Maybe you've never heard of Bill Frizzell and you're like, well who's this cat? Uh, it's a nice little, nice little jazzy track to sort of smooth it on out at the end of this podcast Uh, So there it is. That's what you're in store for. So uh, you ready? I'm going to go over here and hit play in the thing. Uh, Here you go. This is episode number 160 of Chunky Glass, the podcast. We're reviewing the new album from Animal Collective, K.G.M.W. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man. Merely a two-word review just a Shit sandwich. I will roll the record up as a man. That right there is a it's logical fall. Uh Marcus uh, that he, this this panel winnowed down a little bit. Yeah. But it's cool. It's all good. It's, man. Cool. it's I, all good. I don't think people knew what they were doing. You leave me and you alone in yeah, around yeah, talking about it's music. Just, so we apologize in advance for this podcast being seven hours long. <laughs> but uh it is what it is. Exactly. Um, so, uh, I guess the the talking point this week is going to be, uh, it's all about a hashtag. It's hashtag free Kesha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a little background on what's going on, in case you don't know, which is nigh impossible. Exactly. Um, Kesha, pop star. Right. Back in 2014, uh, basically uh, sued yeah. her, uh, it's not a manager, but he, he like, has a contract with his label, correct? Yeah. Kemosabi records. Yeah. Yeah. Kemosabi records. Uh, Dr. Luke, Dr. Luke. Uh, his real name is Lucas Gotwald. Uh, in that suit, it was an attempt to get free of this label and allegations of, let's see, sexual assault, uh, mental cruelty. Exa- exa- like, exactly. Just everything run down, you can think of. Right. Run down the list of bad things to wait to treat a people, yeah. uh, and everything. And, uh, Currently, at this point in time, those are all still allegations. Yes. Now, that uh, that suit went to court, at least uh, sort of a, a preliminary court uh, today, because she wanted an injunction. Yes. Because the, the court date has not arrived yet. Right. So, uh, and the, at the injunction, the judge decided uh, that she could not be free of her contract right now. No. I mean, that, that's that's the short version. Exactly. So, what, uh, I guess what we're talking about here is more uh the response to this now you know we have sadly i think talked on this podcast about uh sexual harassment in the music industry yeah, uh, very, right. misogyny yeah in in the music industry uh rape is no uh laughing matter clearly yeah. uh and accusations need to be taken seriously right uh so and i think everybody is but at this point in time uh you know, as I said up front, we are talking about like allegations against somebody right. in the basis of a contract dispute case yeah um the result of this was not just uh uproar obviously the uproar machine just like kicked in the high well, <laughs> gear of course of course. uh if you look at like ads to Dr. Luke everybody's like, you're a rapist, you're this 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 yeah. this this uh and I wanna start with the most bizarre thing um. Taylor Swift gave her $250,000. <sighs> God. Uh, you know, it's like, Taylor Swift,
1: she can't be, like, the great mother of music. Like, that's my main problem okay. with this whole thing. Like, she's, like, like she, like, reached in her giant pocket of money, you know, because she didn't put her album on Spotify, so mm-hmm. she has a giant pocket of money, and she gave mm-hmm. her sister, homie friend, $250,000, um... That really does nothing in the grand scheme of, like, Kesha's life. Right. And career. Right. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, that, it's troubling because I feel like Taylor Swift has, like, been thrust into a position that she's not quite ready to handle as, like I said, the great mother right. of music. Right. It's not the thing that she's like, okay, I came out, I want to do that. Yeah. Like I think the one thing that we know about Taylor Swift is that she wants to make a lot of money. And that she and as she's like and she yeah. and she doesn't like Kanye West. Yeah. Uh, these are two things we know about her. Yes. And uh she likes winning Grammys, you know, and that's those are things. But um her doing that as like the first grand show of like, I am the most powerful woman in music, it kind of like is almost like this kind of like underhanded sort of thing in a way where it's like you are beneath me and i'm gonna give you this money so that we could be friends and that maybe if i well, go back out on tour you could sing with me on stage
0: we'll do right. tiktok or something and, and i i don't personally understand what it's for i mean she's given money to a person whose who's net worth is about 40 million yeah but i think that it's mainly to help cover maybe legal fees or okay something,
1: or, or something like
0: i don't know it's like
1: to me the best thing that she could have done is say like Start Kesha a Patreon uh-huh. or something so uh-huh. that she can. Well, I'm right on Patreon. Yes, it's a yes, yes. Matter of full disclosure. Smooth. But uh, I'm just. I just do stuff. <laughs> um, but it's it's the fact that like. But but for the purposes of Kesha's career, yeah, uh, she's under this contract. I always use Miley Cyrus's album as like a great understanding of like what an artist who has an, al- an album deal with a label could do mm-hmm. outside of the realm of the album deal. Like she did that Miley Cyrus and her Dead Pets album. Yeah, and Kesha could do that with like public record material. Like she could do a bunch of covers of like, you know, popular country songs. Well, the the
0: ruling was that she can, she can actually work and she has been able to work. And this was a statement from, well, a statement from Dr. Luke's Camp was was, first of all that, he's not a rapist, uh, that he's, that he did none of this. Yeah. And I mean, look, to be fair again, allegations so we're taking all of this. That's so bold. That's a bold dude. I mean, I, (laughs) I, until, until this, I knew nothing about Dr. Luke. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, like, a, like nothing. A, so, yeah, that's... so, so you know, from that standpoint, you know, in looking at just the basics of this case and what, what's at hand is that, you know, if like in the Heathcote Bruce case, we had like a lot of people coming forward and saying like, yes, yes, this guy, yes. yeah, you know, But the fact of the matter is, we don't in fact his uh, i think one of her lawyers it might have been Keshe's, one of Kesha's managers like on twitter when like oh yeah he raped lady gaga which lady gaga immediately refuted and then uh dr luke's camp sued this guy okay for defamation so so but yeah, we'll, the, the, we'll, get, we'll get to that in a second okay. there's something to, to say about that but yeah let's let's get to there first but but yeah so so i i guess you know in in giving her this money like as a legal decision a purely legal decision that judge is in the right. Yeah, oh, he's absolutely in the right. It was a she. Yeah, she. Oh, that's, that's right. Yeah. So, right so yeah, if you want right. to, if, yeah. if, if if we're gonna go like in the like gender politics <laughs> mire, like it was a female lawyer. Who did Every this.
1: everything about this case is epic. By the way, yeah,
0: in the most like. You can't,
1: epic and like, horrible. Yeah, you can't like you could have scripted this in a like made-for-TV mm. 1980s NBC movie. I might have seen it in Nashville, though. I, it, well, this is true. Um, and Nashville's gonna, you know, put put together something. Oh like yeah, this. there's there's a subplot coming. Yeah, there's definitely a subplot coming. But um, hey, Gus, it's Gus. <laughs> oh, yeah, Gus. Um, so at any event, uh, everything about this case is epic in the worst way. It's yeah. like it's like. It's like if if the if the two thousand and sixteen presidential election wasn't epic for you in the wrong way, like this 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 case is probably ten times worse. um something that, that needs to be mentioned is the idea that, in my mind, there's an eight hundred pound gorilla somewhere in this room mm-hmm. that nobody's talking about, like something happened somewhere along the way where like one person can't say that he's wrong, and the other person can't say that, yeah, she's right, yeah. If there isn't something that's in the middle, that's a gray area. Yeah. There's a gray somewhere in here. And especially when someone can mention Lady Gaga's name and someone can just say publicly on Twitter, which is basically as close as you can get to like slapping someone in the face with a with a, a velvet glove. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's say, yeah,
0: he raped her. On Twitter. Right. Publicly. Is, right. That, that's insanity. It, and, no, it is insanity. And, yeah. it, and and it's and it's stuff being tried out in the public because and this is a criticism that is in the press, on one side yeah. of the press, because there is nothing to her case, supposedly. I mean yeah. I mean I've I've read parts to skim through right. the original they're, they're standard filings. Uh, but you know, I'm also hearing now that uh, both her and her mother were deposed and said no, in fact, that this didn't happen.
1: Right. But that was in like twenty eleven was right. years prior, right, right, right. But still, there's there is a 800 pound gorilla, elephant, whatever you want to call it, in the middle of the room. Yeah, I swear it. There's there's something somewhere. There's some person somewhere because this is the record industry. Mm-hmm. And unrelated point, related point. This puts the record industry back in 1957. Where, like, crazy things happened in dark quarters and we don't quite know what happened. And there's some kind of, like, payola scandal (sighs) scheme thing going on. And there's some person that works for Sony that got, like, a million dollars randomly in a Swiss bank account. And is just standing in the corner and not saying anything to anybody. Because they know the whole story. Right. And we will never see this person. It's an intern somewhere who literally has a million dollars just sitting in a Swiss bank
0: account somewhere this is this, this and it, I know it sounds insane, but this is where we are no i I don't think it is insane, and I think I think that gray area is what makes this a uh, dangerous case. I mean people say it was a dangerous precedent he, Here's the dangerous thing to me about it is that either way, this is bad, just not just in music for yeah. like society so let's say on on the one hand uh, they get a a conviction she wins a civil case that you know he raped her and assaulted her yeah like so that's a terrible thing that occurred. That's fantastic that she can speak up. Yeah. But and, and anybody putting out pieces saying, like, you know, she was legally shut up, the case isn't over and she can talk all she so right. like that's not what her no. not getting free of a contractual obligation. Exactly, is right, about. right. That had nothing to do with that. But on the other hand, if if like she is leveraging this to get out of it, that's horrible yeah, too. There's like there's, that we are in in a in a pop-oriented world. The the, the sector that I don't engage in too much. Like I I said a couple weeks ago, I watch the Grammy so I can check in on this shit. (laughs) Right? No, but I do. No, right. I think we all do at some level. And I've watched them like every year that I I can remember them being on. But uh, so I don't engage that. I don't know like a lot of things that you know, like beef between people. So I don't know about that. And I don't care because honestly, at the end of the day, it's not important. Yeah. But if – they're operating in that sphere and somebody or a large number of people think it's okay to like say make up these charges to get right. out of a contract like that's that's also horrible not as horrible yeah. I, I need to because look right. I, I anticipate emails in this like people listening you need to be clear we are not, and you need to like think yeah. before you speak. We are not saying like, oh, blame the victim or anything. We're saying right now, like you said, it is a gray area. There's it's, a giant it's gray factually area. Factually a gray area.
1: Somewhere in the room, there's like there's a there's like you know, six minutes of missing, you know, missing tape. Yeah. Like, I mean, okay, so my other thought when, when it comes to this case is that somewhere in this, Kesha hasn't put out like a song in how long? Yeah. <laughs> like she hasn't and, released music in in a long long time probably i think it's almost five years or something and
0: and and so that's that's one of the easy and i think like shitty criticisms they're like again she's doing it because like she wants yep. to make like none of none of these arguments make sense right All these people talking about right.
1: it it's illogical and if if there is a release from kesha that comes within the next like six weeks after this case yeah like falls out of like, you know, the public eye, then everybody should hold up every red flag. Um, and that's, and that's troublesome. Yeah. Like Kesha can't release music right now without everybody wondering whether or not she's doing it from a good and honest, and decent place. Yeah. And that's really unfortunate. Um, the other thing that we have to think about is that we all want more women to succeed in music right now. Yeah. Um, big problem with all of that. We don't have a lot of outside of like Linda Perry, and maybe, like, you know, an engineer yeah. somewhere in Los Angeles. Like, there are not a lot of women who are producers making popular music right now. Right. So, what we're doing is that this case sets a precedent for every single woman that wants to get into the studio mm-hmm. and has a man that is producing her. There's something that you now have to think about in the paradigm of that relationship.
0: Yep. It's bad. It's a bad, bad. It's thing. horrible. It's, it's, it's horrible, and, right. it, and it's something that I think uh, I I balk at people be like, "Oh, you're a man, you can't understand." And I say, "Fuck you!" Of course, we can understand. Yeah, you know, We we can't experience it firsthand, but we certainly can fucking empathize, right? And and empathize. I think both of us definitely do. I oh, mean, of course. We are both been around like ridiculously strong women our whole lives. Yeah, totally. And you know that is it is something I don't understand, and it makes me sad because I I what level of asshole would you have to be? This is outside of Dr. Yeah. What level of asshole would you have to be? be sitting in the studio and be like, hey, baby, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll put out your single if you fuck me.
1: But, but, okay, so even worse is like, okay, so like Demi Lovato this summer had right. a single called Cool for the Summer. Yeah. Which was basically about having lesbian sex just for the summer. I don't know who produced it. We can, we can look it up. But like right. the idea that, This is a song that was released as a popular musical single by a label that is controlled by men and a woman who is signed to this label and ultimately controlled by these men. And that's not okay. Mm -mm. And and if you look at where we are right now with this case, you have to look at like every single, think of every single song that you've heard a woman sing. right? And think about the man that's behind it and is co-signing this level of, Fuckery. Yeah. <laughs> that is the, yeah. That's happening. You know, it's, it's yeah. not okay. Right? Well,
0: and, and speaking of uh, Demi, like she actually, but there was, I don't know if this, this year or late last year, you know, she made a song with Dr. Luke and, yes. and fought to get it on the, like, she didn't want it as a single. So he gave it to somebody else. Now this was a is like, this is well after her suit. Uh, had been initiated uh, was saying that you see look how horrible a person he is. That's not a horrible person. That's
1: a fucking that's good business. It's produced by Max Martin. There you okay. go.
0: Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> of
1: course, so. it is. but um, yeah, but that, that's that's where we are right now. Like, and and uh, and that's the one thing that I will say about this suit that will hopefully shock the music industry. Like, the music industry's about to die any any yeah. any, <laughs> any second now. Like, I'm just expecting like. In- in some not in some- but Interscope Records to just throw a million dollars into the air yeah. and just like just 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 declare the music industry dead. Like we're at that point right now. Like you know the the the, the cost benefits analysis of like putting out a record versus streaming it and you know yeah. like having to like sell the record to some you know like random business somewhere to use it in a commercial at the Bowl for x number of millions of dollars to make it make a profit. It's crazy. But um but yeah like this is where we this is where we are right now we're like hopefully this is the record that makes everybody go okay so like what are the things that absolutely must change right moving forward like what are the things that absolutely must change if you're if you're if you're a female producer in the world right now get get your 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 demo ready Because that's the thing that's got to change. You're going to get into the studio. You're going to get a a female producer who's really, really good. Is going to get a million opportunities right now.
2: So so, so you think
0: there's actually a silver lining? There is a silver
1: lining to this. And that's the thing that needs to be mentioned. Hmm. Like if you are a, especially if you're a female singer songwriter who happens to be able to produce as well. Like if you're like, you know, producing like, you know, Deep House right now. and You're sitting around and you play around at Ableton and you can sing and you can write your own songs. There's a spot for you right now. Yeah. Like uh, Demi Lovato by just like backing up from the whole thing and like standing in the corner and saying, ah, blah, 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 I hear nothing. She stands to benefit because if, can can't put out music? And Lady Gaga is tied into this whole mess. Yeah. And Britney Spears is out in Vegas doing <laughs> God knows what, you know. Uh, yeah. She's the only one left. Yeah. And there has to be I- a white, <sighs> millennial female singing songs in music.
0: Yeah, this is. Thing I, I mean, I mean, exist. I guess again, this is. This is. This is. <laughs> right, not, this is not my and, world. And she, and uh, she
1: has yet to really hit that number one single
0: yet. Uh, yeah, I mean, so, so
1: it is disturbing to say, but it has to be said. Yeah, it, it's. There's, um, a re- there's, uh, there's a reason why she's just standing in the corner with her fingers in her. And
0: this is this is why this is so fucked up. So fucked. Because up. there's look. It. This is. We've said this a lot of times on this podcast. This is just a song. I get, like, it's your career, your dream and stuff. If you're making, if you're worth $40 million for singing a song, get some perspective, you know? And, like, anybody, like, nothing is worth it. Like, going on the presumption, like, on this side of things, that this guy did abuse her, this guy did rape her, nothing is ever worth that to not speak out against it. Nothing. Right.
1: Because... I mean, I mean but, I mean, this goes all the way back to um, Ronnie Spector, yeah, like seriously, like when you really think about how insidious this is. This says that
0: from 1960, yeah, I know. to
1: 2015, in 55 years, men haven't been able to do better.
0: Yeah, but well, maybe we haven't. I, I don't know, but that's but that's insane. Right? I know it's insane, but but, insane. but but you know maybe we haven't. But on the assumption that say we haven't and stuff, like none of anytime anything like this happens i'm just like what where are we like now is a world that like that you know because the initial criticism of this was like and let's talk about sony for a second their The yeah. initial criticism was like oh now sony can can uh condones rape again allegations yeah I uh, you can be damn sure that sony has good lawyers and that they vet like the whole yeah. story. But there's, and, the, and there's they also may, there's also somewhere. the guy the deep, deep throat. <laughs> there's also somewhere yeah. With, yeah, somewhere yeah, somewhere yeah, yeah. But the but like. as far as far as what's available to them, uh they vetted the story and they're not moving ahead on a fucking like contract that they can easily like somebody can buy out or they can just do it. Right. You know, contrary to Left sets yeah. <laughs> uh, <perspective, laughs> Bob Left you know, Sets, right. You know, them letting go of Kesha would be a drop in the bucket. Yeah.
1: Well And and but, maybe but they it, sh- but maybe. it wouldn't because Okay, think about it. Like, So, like, the, the, the Interscope... Let's use the Interscope model of pop music to, like, yeah, illustrate how the music industry works now. So, Interscope has, like, a million artists. All they need is one to sell every single record for the entire year. They've done it with Lady Gaga. They've done it with... You know, got any great number of artists that are signed to Interscope records. One of them every year, the weekend, you know, whatever. Like, one person sells all the music so that everybody else benefits. Kesha mm-hmm. is relevant enough as a pop music artist, still... Is she? Because there's not many people left who were like relevant in 2005, 2006 when the music industry still worked. Yeah. Like that post-Christina Aguilera yeah, yeah, yeah. era. Yeah. Like where, yeah, she's only like basically the only one left. And so you could put out a Kesha record because she's still hipster enough and branded enough in that sort of like, you know, awkward indie alt underground thing where you could put her with some, some producers and get her in the studio and get a hit. And all you need is one. And you can make all the money, yeah. And Sony sort of knows that, and they, they could stream it, they could sell it, they could do whatever. They you know chop it up, dice it, whatever. And they know that, and they're probably looking at her, going, "Of all the people to say all the things at all the times, right. why
0: you? Yeah, and I why mean, him? I mean, I mean, maybe, but they're also uh, Sony has existed long before Sony will exist long after.
1: Well, because because Becky G is also signed to Kemosabe Records, right? And she's Mexican American, right? See, so (laughs) like there's that, there's that to think about. Uh,
0: So, so I guess, um, you know, we're going to put some links to, uh, hopefully I'll have the uh, PDFs of the depositions. You can read them yourself. Yeah. Uh, also going to put a link in the, uh, show notes to a, uh, sexual abuse hotline. Yes. Uh, because, you know, regardless of the merits of her claim or his claim or whatever, like that's you know the thing that shouldn't like we have to stop it happening yeah we we, we have to we
1: have to do better it's yeah 55 years
3: of
0: men yeah, being dumb I, uh yeah and i mean so you know read up on it don't don't letters. don't react don't don't like wait till you know the facts yeah uh and then and read, ev- and, and,
1: read everything though too. read everything there's a lot of read, great- read
0: everything and, and then once the facts come out like deliver like righteous retribution on on whoever's in the wrong here, and I mean I mean to that point, you know, whichever one of these people is not telling the truth, yes, whichever one it is, just die in a fucking fire, please, yes, like just stop, because because <laughs> either way, yeah. it's just fucking uh, in one way, obviously more um, physical, yes, but either way, this is uh, just bad all around, yeah, so uh, yeah. Uh, let's talk about some music now. All let's do it. Smooth Sounds you were just experiencing uh, was the new single or first single off Animal Collective's latest album, Painting With. That is their 10th tef- album proper. As you were telling me, Marcus, it is like 35 albums or something. Yeah, they've, uh, re-
1: they've, rec- they've released like 21 different releases uh, over 16 years. 21, excuse me. Um, 21
0: releases in 16 years. This is back in uh, 99 when they got their start, right? Around yes. 98? Yes. Uh, A.V. Tear, Panda Bear, Deacon, and Geologist, David Portner, Noah Lennox, uh, just Jib, and Brian White's. Uh, we're talking about them, A, because it's sort of a big release, but also we are in D.C. Uh, I think- Geologist. Geologist lives down on H Street. Yes, he does. Uh, right here. And, you know, the band is originally from the Baltimore area. Mm -hmm. So it is sort of our obligation- Of course. Uh, where we are located. Also because- I mean, they
1: released an album called with a
0: Post Pavilion. Absolutely. Uh, also, though, we're talking about them because it is my obligation, uh, I think, every time they put it on, I'm going to try to figure out this fucking band. <laughs> okay. So part of what we're going to be talking about, Marcus, is you trying to explain yeah, this to me. Yeah, so, I can explain this to you. Um, um, okay. So uh, let's do that first. Okay. Uh, let me tell you my, my... Okay. Not talking about the this album. I'm going to talk yeah. about previously. Here, okay. So here's here's where I'm at. All right. Uh I hear words like psychedelic tossed around. I hear words uh, like, uh, you know, e- uh, EDM tossed around. I hear jam band stuff tossed around. All, all these different things that go into a pot. And up until this point, and maybe past this point, we'll we'll see. Uh, every time I've listened to this, it has been the most confusing mix of a mess of, of music that i've ever listened to is what uh jim dear got us he uses this term to refer to saint uh saint vincent who i also have a very similar problem she is a fantastic musician but yeah yeah the composition but we'll, uh we'll, Dis- we'll disney rock that. okay okay now so what I'll break, I'll break this down what have i been what what have i been uh missing okay preach so here let's let's go back to 1999 okay
1: um in music yes Um, Three things that were were missing from popular mainstream consumed music in
0: 1999. Is one of them
1: aneurysms? Well, um, I mean, if you listen to Limp Bizkit, I mean, you can make make an argument. Um, Okay. So in any of it, psychedelic. Yeah. EDM. Mm -hmm. Jam bands. Three things that were absolutely non-existent. In yeah. any sort of popularly discussed mainstream music oh, in 1999. Yeah. Let's also add in the fact Baltimore. This is where Animal yeah, Collective was playing yeah, in 1999, yeah. in an era where there is no jam bands, there is no psychedelia, <laughs> and there is no EDM, electronic dance music, happening in any popular music that is, I mean, popular music, I mean, there was dance, but it's like Zombie Nation, like Kerngrat yeah, 400, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. like very like. Hard style. There's not a lot of like. Yeah, because we weren't doing like prodigy. It's more like uh, yeah, it's so like old electro. Yeah, there's not a lot stuff, of like colorful yeah. melodies. Right there, you go. Colorful melodies happening in, in in dance music at that point, but um, so okay, so you're in Baltimore, and Baltimore is a city that's known for being underground, indie, alt, right, outside of the mainstream. Um, also as well, if you're talking about popular criticism of pop music, there's not a lot of discussion positively about psychedelic rock, mm-hmm. or jam bands, or EDM. So into this realm comes one band that <laughs> does all of this. Is that, is that what it was? Yes, in a way God that people who don't like <laughs> Limp Bizkit,
2: yeah.
1: Method Man, Red Man, right. DMX, <laughs> um, <laughs> Zombie Nation, Paul Oak and Fold, mm. uh, you know, like all of that stuff. Yeah. They don't like any of that stuff, but the ones that they do like are jam bands. They all like The Grateful Dead and Fish. Mm-hmm. They all like indie underground techno and electronica that's more trance-like and ambient. And they also like psychedelic 60s rock. They may also like worship at the altar of pet sounds. Okay. these are This, this is a thing that people yeah, do. Yeah, this
0: is very much a thing.
1: And you have one band <laughs> that does all of this. Yeah. And think about it, if, if the media is not talking about them, then the underground comes up in the internet, which is important. It's mm-hmm. a thing that exists. Yeah. 1999 in 1999, blog- and the blogosphere, and AOL, and chat rooms, and ICQ, yeah. and all of that exists. And this is a band that you could go into an ICQ chat room, or go to your AOL-like webpage, mm-hmm. or even a little bit further, in around the second or third album, your blog. Yeah. That's not Rolling Stone. That's covering, you know, Smoking Grooves. Yeah. But they're not covering whatever Animal Collective's doing. Right, right. They're right, not they're right. not they're not at Sonar. They're not at Metro Gallery. Sonar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're not there. They're not there. Right. They have no idea right. what's going on. So Animal Collective again is the one band that all of these people that are not being served by this mainstream community that's just literally blasting shit in people's faces. And I loved getting <laughs> I loved getting shit blasted in my face in that era. I love Biscuit <laughs> more than any human right, being on right. planet Earth. I love corn more than probably. I mean, that's likely because
0: you're the only one. So exactly right, <laughs> yeah. right. But yeah.
1: so, so this other community, they have one band. And wow,
0: so that's it. That's it. That's it. And think about all the bands that have come after Animal Collective. So, because I've spent my time in the jam band scene. Yeah. It has its merits. Yeah, I mean, they're, uh, and in general, they're all phenomenal players. Mm -hmm. This I'm not so sure. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I never have been sure. You know, occasionally they hit on, I remember the poster was uh, My Girls. Yeah. Uh, I was, you know, actually listening to Feels uh, earlier today. Uh, There's some stuff where they- they, Squirrel Finds a Nut, man. Yeah. (laughs) yeah where they dial back yeah um and and it and it seems to work but in in general uh up to now i think they you know it's been like it the most like panic and
1: (laughs) it's well you know what it is it's like it's like pastiche and it's like homage a lot of this is pastiche and homage a lot of this is like we we created in the hipster era um a a love of people of bands that are able to play to a standard that once existed and not pass mm-hmm. it, but the fact that they play to it and it's the thing that we know feel it yeah, can touch so, and it's very <clears throat> much in play. You're like, oh, this sounds like Pet Sounds, right. and when you say Pet Sounds, it a, a magical cloud comes over a crowd at the <laughs> nine thirty club. And everybody <laughs> just reaches up towards the cloud and they go, where's Brian Wilson?
0: Curiously, even if they haven't heard it, a magical exactly, cloud. Exactly, right, uh, the magical cloud, because uh, it's a thing that we all know. Because really they should just like crawl up in the ball in the corner <laughs> and cry. That exactly. Depressingly crushing. Right. Um, you know, so let's jump to this album then. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, Painting With, uh, like I said, it's their 10th album. Um, you know, there's a there's a the, <laughs> this is the best quoted water sentence to me. A review in the quietest. that it says it's as catchy as a PTSD flashback to that week spent in prison in a ball pool, being tortured by a play school teacher's as a cackling Skrillex looked on. That's exact. <laughs> so that's exactly how I felt about them before <laughs> this. I don't feel that way about this album, and uh, because you know, one of their goals here. They said they wanted to focus more on creating three-minute pop songs because that is "quote unquote" their strength. I believe that is a quote from a Panda Bear. It's absolutely not their strength. <laughs> it's not but, true. It's a lot. But I feel like weirdly that they have they have done something here where in they they subverted themselves into making stuff more palpable, and people across the board, I think, are hating on this album. Where I'm sort of like, I I mean, okay, there I can now like get into it a yep. little more. You know, that song we played Floridada, um, you know, is typical of animal collective. It's, yeah. it's four things going at once all over the place. Right. And, you know, to be honest, part of this might have to do So, uh, I've mentioned like anxiety on, on the podcast before. Yeah, recently went on um, some medication for that. Excellent. That made me feel a little like tripping, right? And all of a sudden, I got it. So maybe that's what all this that's, is. That's to. what it is. The joke me, has been made that we're going to be covering third tier jam bands like from here on out. Well, yeah, but that's that's what it all is. But, um, but it really, I was like, oh, okay, that.
1: Okay, so understand that all these guys in this band, they all experienced the same weird trip at the same weird warehouse techno party right around like 1995 right they all had that same moment and it like stuck in their heads in the back of their heads and so like when they made rock music they're like as long as we can like so we're talking approximate that 1995 trip that we had while listening to like Richie Houghton play techno in a
0: in a basement somewhere so is, is there is there is there music a drug casualty? Is that like well, most music is a drug casualty? Because, it, ca- because most, it, there's I an argument
1: that most music in the last yeah, 15 yeah. years has been a drug casualty. I know, but we'll but, but it
0: doesn't. It's not. It, it doesn't like. It, it's not going anywhere. Like it doesn't. No, but have, you ever, have you ever like listened to techno for like six hours? No. It kind of. It well, okay.
1: So, someone who has. I? It's a thing you should probably do in order to understand Animal Collective. Mm-hmm. Like they, if you if you listen to like music that is based on like breaks and melodies that kind of like weave in and out and under and over a, a very set in stone metronomic, like four on the floor, like yeah. bam, 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 bam. And there's like, kind of like melodies meandering in and out. Like maybe there'll be like, you know, a random flute that'll start and it'll stop. And then maybe will a random guitar that'll pick up and it'll stop. Then there'll be a random vocal that'll just like go for three minutes. it will just drop out. And, you know, seven minutes later, you're like, wow, that was really an enjoyable song. So um, it's funny. You talked about them making three-minute pop songs. Um, it's funny because I think of two things. I think of... Uh, Geologist is a DJ and producer as well. He yep. played at... Um, I want to say he played at uh, the, uh, the the Union Barbecue that, that uh, U-Haul did. I believe you're right. He yeah, did he played that, at Union Barbecue.
0: Did he play at Charlecto
1: or not? No, no. He nah. played definitely played at Union Barbecue. So um, there's, a, there's a theory when you like remix a, jo- a long techno song into like a three-minute thing... Like, you kind of, like, snatch the highlights of it, and you put it all together, and you put it out, and that's what becomes the thing. Um, A lot of this feels like that. A lot of it feels like they, like, whittled away all of the, like, random... I get a sense that, like, when they record albums, that they, like, play songs for, like, long stretches of time. And it's, like, the last time that they play the song is the one that hits the album. I think that could be the secret. No one will ever tell you this in an interview because right. that doesn't make for sexy copy. Well, we,
0: we've talked about the blob theory actually, <laughs> about Marion McLaughlin,
1: yeah,
0: uh, about this uh, and how. And this is just creation general. You know this with words in general yeah. stuff. There is I and I am more spastic on uh, this with words than I'm sure you are, but right. uh, you know, there's a lot of times I'll just write something and get it out and just get this thing out. and, yeah. and luckily, like I have like friends who like will. Work on the site with me that will edit it, and they know yeah. what I'm doing. Right, but objectively, as a piece of writing, it's yeah. shit. You're like, right, there's nothing in there. It's like, yeah. okay, but this is this, and and it's it, it becomes a collaborative process. Yeah, which you have to do in a band, exactly. Um, and so the blob theory of music is that you start with all this this grand noise and stuff, and then sort of chip away at it with a spoon and try to, try yeah. to like dig through and find the song that you're you're getting to. Right. And a lot of times on this album, they're getting to four different songs in the same song. But
1: but that's the funny part about it, is that if if, if they went in consciously, and they say this, they went in consciously to make three to four minute pop songs. Mm -hmm. So if you go in consciously and you're like, okay, so we're not going to do that thing that we normally do. Where we play the song for like 20 minutes and then at the end of it we're like, okay, take like the first, like, you know, first 16 bars of like the last time we played that section. And then like these last eight from like the last time. And then in the middle, like that improvisation you did on the drums. So let's put that all together and make this one song. Instead, it's like, okay, so we have four minutes to make this song. Yeah, Whatever we do in four minutes, that's our lot.
0: Yeah, I mean and it's different. You know, that, you know that's different. very different. That's like almost like Burroughs' cut up method, where he's right. like is like cut, cut, basically banking this huge thing and cutting up, putting the parts back together. Yeah, to make right. Words. That's how large segments of Naked Lunch were written. If uh, the thing, and I've heard the term thrown out that they are like, you know, I guess genius improvisers and stuff. I will call bullshit on that because it's generally <laughs> said in jam band circles. And here's the thing that they can't do. Like, play their stuff very well. They, right. they are excellent producers. Yeah. But they there's no, uh, there seems to be no restraint, except on a, f- I mean, there are parts on this that are. There's, like, lying in the Grass. Yeah. There's, there's and I've heard a lot of people hate this song, but uh, whatever, man. Use of horns uh, in that starts to, it, it, it gives it a softer touch. It hints mm-hmm. it like, maybe there's going to be a melody at this stuff. Oh. Instead of this banging, 8-bit, like, Crush your fucking skull, Pac Man's yeah. coming to kill you. Here's
1: what, Here's what's funny with them is I feel like there's like a there's this hipster irony thing mm-hmm. that is like in very much in play in everything Animal Collective does in my mind. Where it's like okay, so like we have this like traditional pop format, and we must destroy it at all costs because it's like that techno thing of like mm-hmm. techno is like this this antithesis of like disco and chic music that has a certain like, you know, veneer to it of like beauty and grandeur. And it's like, okay, we're going to like minimalize it and make it ugly and dirty and not, you know, pretty. Right. So a lot of that is, I feel like where they're at as, you know, artistically, like creatively, mm-hmm. just intrinsically, like before they even think about like what the song's going to be, that's where they're at musically and that's where they're at creatively. So it's like, okay, so we can't go too far into making this
0: song beautiful, without like yeah, well, absolutely just ripping hmm. the thing to shreds. And, and that's it's it's the uh, actually let's play a song that they actually do dial back, and then we're going to come back. Yeah, to that yeah, poem. yeah. So uh, this is actually the second single off the album. This is a uh, Golden Gal. So good.
4: you've never seen Ooh, My crazy Golden on her screen. Some kind of dude, but she never seen. The gift of the girl.
1: One thing about that before you started, I want I want Backyard <laughs> Band to like cover that immediately. Like they already did Adele "Hello" and they've you know made all the viral money they can. Can I just make like a cover of that? T- tell get, everybody
0: who Backyard Band okay, is. Okay,
1: Backyard Band is a Gogo Band from Washington D.C. They recently covered. Um, they've been playing for God almost thirty years now, and they uh, they covered Adele's "Hello" and it's become a viral smash and it's beautiful and Gogo's this like you know very like Afro uh, percussive. Genre that's very much based in cover music. Yeah. And based in strong soul vocals and very strong percussive percussion and very like swinging jazz infused vibes. It's yeah. Great, great sound. Um, Chuck Brown of Soul Searchers, uh, Rare Essence, uh, Trouble Funk. Uh-huh. Uh, Trouble Funk sampled by the Beastie Boys famously. Yeah. Um, Rick Rubin's a fan of GoGo.
0: Um, and why is it called GoGo? What's up? Why is it called GoGo? Why? Cause there's no breaks. There is. You just got to
1: go go. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So yeah. So um.
1: Definitely. Uh. Yeah. I, I want. I want them to cover. it. That's like the best go go song I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> we,
0: which. Which speaks to their connection to this area, and they. They really are. And yeah. Like said, exactly. Geologists down there. Like they have. They. They're grown ups. They invest in in stuff around yeah. here. Um. You know, and that track, like we were saying, is is one of the more. Uh, Palatable tracks on the album. It it's definitely fits into what I think they were trying to do. Uh, maybe that dials it down for fans of Animal Collective, but for me, I'm like, well, this is a nice, nice little pop song. Yeah, but it's inconsequential, but they, but, but they don't
1: make nice little pop songs. That's the whole point. Well, <laughs> I mean, they do now. They just yeah. Did. But I think that's almost, it's almost accidental. There's there's a point that has to be made that it's a, a lot of a lot of times with like bands like this. You know, say Britney and all these mm. acts. The, the best songs they make are purely accidental. I'll give me an example. So like Bauer, who did Harlem Shake. Yes. The big viral smash. He recently like disavowed all knowledge that he ever made the song. He hates it now. The song made him more money than than five gods.
0: I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I will reiterate. I don't understand pop.
1: Yeah. But, so he he disavowed all like knowledge that he ever made the song. And he like buried it on a uh, fact mag. Shout out to Chris <laughs> Kelly. But um. He made a big statement about that because it's almost like he made it by accident, and like a good song, yeah. a song that has like, you know, a build and a break and, you know, a chorus mm-hmm. and like, you know, inherit pop sensibilities. And he's like, I I disavow all knowledge of making a good pop song. The music I want to make is like, you know, tears apart this, this, this standard that has existed for popular music for 150 years. And, that, and that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like that yeah. makes no sense. Yeah. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, why would you say that? So, so I, I think of that when I think of a song like this because it's almost like okay. So it's like they have a go go break. Mm-hmm. The drummer is like right in the pocket. There's like the synths going on. There's like big, dry, like just analog synths. But it's not
0: eight synths. That's that's the difference. It's 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 like there's a melody.
1: Yeah, and it's like, and it's almost like they had all these like disparate parts and they knew that it wouldn't work. But then by accident, because, you know, music, the best music is made by accident. Absolutely. It worked. And it's like, oh, this is great. And because I think they almost deliberately put out this record with a desire to like put out whatever came out. Like in four minutes, this is what we did. Boom, it goes out.
0: Yeah, I mean... And that's what happened. It, it could be. I mean, you know, it debuted actually in uh, November. Yeah. It was playing over the loudspeakers at BWI Airport. Fabulous. And, Fabulous. And maybe maybe that is the thing. Maybe this is... And, you know, I, I appreciate that commitment to art. I set off mic to you. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to ask, like, I, I don't understand how they have a career. <laughs> well, because... They occupy such a specific space that no other band occupies and no other band has or I think will. Right.
1: But I think that there is a thing, and I said this to you off mic as well, and I'll say it on mic. Um, there is a cachet in cashing in on the hype mm-hmm. instead of ever having to like evolve as a band. So like, say, so I was like to use the Rolling Stones as an example. So, like, around, like, the like the mid-70s, the Rolling Stones were so great as a band that just the announcement that the Rolling Stones were in the studio sold a million records. Yeah. So, they already have cashed the check, and they've already cashed in the sponsor's check, and they've cashed in all of the tour checks from the tour being sold out. Are you
0: out. talking about the Rolling Stones or festivals in 2016?
1: Well, talk, I could be talking about <laughs> yeah. either one. Yeah. And if the Rolling Stones played Coachella next year, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Not at all, because it's retro fitted and you yeah, know, yeah, whatever. So you know what I mean. But uh, Keith Richards just put out the documentary on Netflix last year. You it's know, fabulous. you know it was, you know, you know. But anyway, so back to the point. Um, at that point, the Rolling Stones were so big that they could cash in like five checks off of the hype for the record alone. Yeah. So they could then put out like "Miss You" and it's literally a disco single, and the world could hate it. But the Rolling Stones each had $5 yeah. million a piece in the bank. Yeah. So the same thing with Animal Collective. Just the notion that Animal Collective is in the studio to record an album or an EP as they put out like six of them. Mm-hmm. You know, because this is, this is how great they are as a band, by the way. This is this is all a, a farce on some level because yeah. they're like, oh, we're releasing an EP, releasing four songs. Yeah. And people get excited. Oh my god, Animal Collective but is in the studio. They're our favorite band. Every writer for, for Pitchfork that writes about rock music. Because they <laughs> did, all Did this get best new music? I, I didn't know. I, I'm pretty sure it did. I don't I don't I don't I I actively, can't imagine it did. The only thing I read on Pitchfork is anything Marcus Moore writes. Right. Which is Lesson. the only thing you should read on Pitchfork. Exactly. Maybe Julian Kimball too, because he's okay. there now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, uh Julian Mapes too. Shout out to her. You know, so um yeah, it's like that's the thing. Like, they, ca- they could cash in on, on the hype alone, and they've been doing this for 16 years. <laughs> and it's not even, like, mainstream hype. It's the hype from the blogosphere, because it- the blogosphere created an artificial bubble yeah. for the music industry to set upon <laughs> for the better part of a decade. This is all making me sad, Marcus. We did that, you know? Yeah, like, Diplo and Squillax earned Grammys. <laughs> yeah. Based no. off of hype. Diplo's never put out an actual artist album, right? Skrillex, luckily, has, Skrillex hasn't either.
0: Yeah, think about that. Crazy, right? Yeah. So That's I mean, crazy. so I mean, is this is is this an eternal run for them? I mean, yeah, just, they can uh, do this forever. So how, how how do young artists tap into? The, because look, you know, if you're starting out, this is like almost like the blank check. Yeah, okay. you you want to be able they 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 okay they they clearly do whatever they fuck they want
1: yeah it's okay so it's like asap rocky Uh, he's another one i always think of when i think about the blogosphere an artist that the blogosphere made um asap rocky was made asap rocky for those of you who don't know is a rapper from harlem new york who um doesn't rap like he's a harlem rapper so like you know you think about harlem rappers a new york rapper you think like biggie you think like cameron who's from harlem you think like diddy you think like mace or whatever and Asap Rocky raps like he's like a mix of Bone Thugs and Harmony who's from like mm-hmm. Cleveland and like Juicy J who's from Memphis and like UGK who are like from, you know, or, or, or um, like, or any Swisher House rapper who's from Houston. Yeah. So he's got all of these like weird things that have nothing to do with New York City. And he was able to get over because he talked a lot about fashion and like, you know, and, and. Drinking, you know, lean, which is like you know a mix of like promethazine and right, you know right. <laughs> and Sprite, and he talked about all these things that to most millennials are like the coolest things in the world. Yeah. And every time that you hear him rap, it's never like the greatest thing you've ever heard, but it fulfills a a, a, a sort of destiny of like what the hype told you about him. Yeah. So you're never
0: better than your hype. I don't. I, I mean, just. Based on that, I mean, I can I can throw Drake into that pool. Oh, but but Drake's the best because Drake knows it and Drake makes fun of himself.
1: Sure. Drake does the Hotline Bling video. He's like, I can't dance, but I'm just going to stand here and I'm not going to dance for you. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's, but that's what it is. The animal Collective falls into that pool as well. Hmm. Because they're able to, but, but because they're a band and they actually play real, actual yeah. instruments, they get a pass. We don't give rappers the same pass that we give guys who actually play yeah, yeah, instruments. Yeah, yeah. Because... Putting words together. And actually, if you're like young thug, you don't actually have to put words together. You can kind of mumble into a microphone. And huh. because that's part of your allure, Roar. it all works. <laughs> right. So it's like, oh, I don't have to say words at all. Yeah. But, you know, because I'm from Atlanta and because I go to Magic City every Monday night and look at strippers. Yeah. And I, you know, smoke a lot of marijuana and drink a lot of lean. I'm okay. And I have a connection Light, with Will like, Wayne. So
0: that's important too. Lifestyles is is important in, yeah, yeah. It's scarily it, important. It's crazy. So uh, I mean, they could do it, but. Back to our conversation about yeah. Kesha, actually. That's, you know, that's part of it. Like. Uh, glitter. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Glitter. But yeah, I think that's the thing with Animal Collective, especially with this record. I think that we reached a point with Animal Collective. I think that we have reached this point themselves. Thought I won't say it because, you know, it doesn't make for a sexy copy. <laughs> Is that maybe maybe they're a little tired. Yeah. Maybe, maybe when you've released like 120 songs yeah. in 16 years, you're allowed to get tired. You're allowed to just like reach a point where yeah. you're like, This is bullshit.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> just I mean to be clear. They've released solo albums. Yeah. Like and and they indulge like, you know, clearly Panda Bear is the uh the No Lennox is the right. Beach Boys fan. Yeah. His stuff sounds like Beach Boys and and it, you know, it just I guess when they come together, they, they you know Animal Collective is the money machine, right? Of course,
1: because it is because it's all because it's it's, feed, it's feeding the hype machine, and you know the hype machine is actually a blog that exists. That's what's even funnier. It feeds the the hype machine that allows them to make the money to do
0: the things that they actually want to do, Yeah. which is I guess the perfect position to be in.
1: But yeah, but but I mean, so it's like this podcast in a way where we just get to <laughs> hang out and and, yeah. and talk about some stuff and do some things, and it sounds kind of rough, but you know it it appeases people. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so. Maybe, so, maybe maybe we maybe we should. We're, we're maybe, in the pocket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're totally in the pocket, man. Maybe maybe we should hang out with the animal collective and get them. Into, maybe we could get geologists in here and just have a conversation and release it as a as a record to Spotify. Do
0: we, we could do that, or we could have uh, an intern pop up behind the couch and like extract his mojo or blood or whatever. Like I'm, I'm thinking yeah. a sci-fi plot. No, it's something. all
1: about no no no. It's all about like injecting into to his aura.
0: Okay, okay, yeah, there, <laughs> that's what I was looking for. It's and then aura. we
1: could take it. And we then got Azora, then we got it. Yeah, and then we release it to Spotify gotcha. and make a hundred million streams like Major Lazer Yes. And then just laugh at everybody and make a bunch of money. And get Grammys. I, I like I like the way
0: you think, Marcus Dallin. I just do stuff. <laughs> um, so uh what are you gonna do with this album? Are you gonna bypass or stream?
1: I'm gonna stream it because I'm just really impressed that they've been able to do this for 16 years, man. Like yeah. bless them, you know. This hard life.
0: this will uh for all the reasons we said, and actually two other ones, is that uh, on that first song, "Florida Dada," one thing we didn't mention: the Surfaris' uh, classic "Wipeout." Yeah, uh, they reference that, which is a, almost a dig at themselves. Yeah, Shows just like se- like rappers, sense they of, drop the sample. Yeah, in. S- sense of humor in the in the uh, you know bits and bites wasteland. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, I think on the song, um, oh, which one? Which song is this? Uh, "The Burglars," which ostensibly isn't a great song, but they like musically quote Strawberry Fields. Yes, and it's really quick. Yeah, and they only do it in one beat or measure. And I admire stuff like that when when artists are, can. They don't have to fuck up everything, and and they just like sometimes it is what no. it is.
1: But that but that's the genius of the way that they make music, I think, and the fact that you can kind of like play something that that like it's like evocative because if you if you create music in like a vacuum of just like time where you're just kind of like. Playing an instrument, yeah, and your your buddy plays an instrument, and then your other buddy plays an instrument, and then all of a sudden you're, you're like, you know, somebody was listening to Strawberry Fields earlier on in the morning while they were shaving, and it's like, oh, it goes in, yeah, and it just it slides right in. in, and that's cool,
0: yeah. So all that said, I'm going to stream it. Good. Uh, so that'll be the first uh, stream on Animal Collective ever uh, for me. Uh, so, so there you go, Animal Collective painting with
1: absolutely.
2: Oh.
0: We've now reached the point in the podcast where we like to uh, stop talking about albums and whole and talk about tracks. Uh, it's something I'm coming around to. Like I, I like this, you know. I actually wrote up a track for the first time in like a year. Hey, all uh, right, for three quarters, it felt good, right, uh, buddy? Uh, but you know, uh, you know, I am an album person, but these tracks are important. And yeah. honestly, you know, we like to do it a lot of times to help out. Uh, smaller artists, Good. like local artists when we play yeah. something. This time, this is not a smaller artist, but this is something that actually sort of got me through the winter. An album uh, we uh, didn't have a chance to talk about because I, I swear to God, there's so many fucking albums coming out. Yeah. And it's just the schedule is, is super packed, but he doesn't need the help. Uh, Bill Frizzell, okay. uh put out an album, When You Wish Upon a Star. This is uh, an album of uh, TV and movie interpretations uh, and it was is basically brought together his dream team of uh, a lot of people to play with him all the time. Okay. Uh, violist uh, Evan Kang, uh, drummer Rudy Royston, bass player Thomas Morgan, and vocalist Petra Hayden. Uh, cool. You know he's based in Seattle. He got to start in the late '80s uh, doing uh, jazz, playing with Pat Metheny a good Ooh, bit. Oh yes, and has he is the weird Americana jazz stuff as. Patrick is a big fan of him, and I am coming around to him and exploring more. Okay. It's not um, – where, whereas like Ry Cooter is, is the root stuff and all yeah. that is fantastic. This is more th- just the, the darker, like uh, more obtuse jazz stuff. And, nice. and But this album is not that. Uh, so uh, the track we want to play from it is is one that actually makes me laugh. Uh, it's uh, You Only Live Twice originally by Nancy Sinatra Uh, so here you go Uh, Bill Frizzell uh, playing You Only Live Twice off of his latest album When You Wish Upon a Star Chill it down a little bit. Oh, no, so good. Uh, that is uh that's the first time you heard that, right? Yeah, seriously, it's great. Yeah, it is uh an entire album of, of nice stuff like that. You know, take off your uh your I'm a dick hat and like judge and stuff and just be like, Yeah, put it on sometime, enjoy it. you've heard all the songs. You really have heard all the songs. Yeah. <laughs> no, what you told uh, me. The yeah. the version of of Moon River is uh is nice. It's okay. not the best. Uh it's not the worst. It's just uh, a thing that uh a bunch of people who very clearly uh, love music love pop culture right uh and are very clearly gifted at their instruments uh have done yeah, that's really good so uh so that is out there now um that an animal collective uh so we did it marcus two man yes, podcast absolutely um, it worked. I think you're gonna be back we're trying to get Casey on yeah. Trying to schedule that. We had to cancel you. We're gonna do the double Marcus the Mark high. Yes. We'll be here eventually. We will be talking at some point about Anderson Pack.
1: You have to understand Marcus Moore and I've never sat together in the same place at the same time we talked about music.
0: I I realized that and then that's why I felt double bad for canceling on it's Sunday. It's all good, man. Uh and uh, talking about the King album. We're holding we're holding off for that. Yeah, so, yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. Uh but hopefully that'll be within the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is your podcast for this week. Uh, if you enjoyed it, please subscribe on iTunes, rate us, say nice things. Nice uh, things. I don't know. Tweet at us. Yeah. Sna- We're on Snapchat. I don't know how to use it, so <laughs> what, 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 well, like you can do, do some find us on that. Uh, it's just at Chunky Glasses across every single platform. Very cool. uh, and we will talk to you in a few short days. So until then, uh, get out and see some music. Uh, be better. Good to your ears. Be better to people. We'll see you in a few.
2: <laughs> Kenobi! <laughs>